This is an ABC podcast. Excuse me, boys. G'day, Mike from ABC Radio. How, How are you doing? doing? Good. Now, I saw you guys walk up. I didn't see you go in, though. Did you go, go in? in? No, no, no. You didn't go in? No. You just came for the sausage sizzle? Yeah. Yep. Ah, I knew it! <laughs> How common is this? We were just up having coffee and didn't know what to get, so we decided to come here and get a sausage sizzle. Yeah. How often do you do it? Oh, not that not often. Oh, no. <laughs> a ritual, a tradition, an icon. When it comes to the sausage sizzle, well, the stakes are high. I'm Rebecca Huntley. This is the History Listen. Today, the classic story of an Aussie battler that became a hero in the mouths of millions. The ABC's Mike Williams is on the ground. I've had my fair share of sausage sizzles, but I don't think I've seen one as regimented as, as this. This is quite impressive. We're all about trying to shake it up and trying to get the most efficient process possible. As you'd expect, this sizzle's being run by a bunch of scouts. Um, Ashley's job at the moment is to take the customer's order. Hi. We've got Luke here who's given me a drink. Hi. I'm getting a walkthrough with Tim, the group leader of First Balcom Heights. This is Bunnings uh, Castle Hill on the buckle of suburban Sydney's Bible Belt. We've got Justin over here who has kindly put together my sausage sandwich. The scouts are raising money for an upcoming cubbery. Um, we're moving now around the corner of the table to receive our order and we can apply our own sources. Around Australia at this exact moment, hundreds of other churches, sporting groups, childcare centres, PNC committees, rotaries and many others are continuing this long, sacred tradition. Fantastic. Thank you for the tour. Um, are you going to eat your, your sausage sandwich? or <laughs> I haven't paid for it yet, so... <laughs> These scouts make the sausage sizzle look like a piece of cake. But look underneath the grill and you'll find fat and grease and stuff. But look past that and you'll see how the sausage sizzle reflects us. It's a fair go, an immigrant's baptism, a politician's worst nightmare. There's controversy over how to serve it, how to eat it. It even inspired the word of the year. Our story begins with the sausage. Often when we say the sausage, we think the humble sausage. Jackie Newling looks at history through the lens of food. She's a gastronomer with Sydney Living Museums. They're always associated with a sort of, well, at some point it might have been a lower class, but a simple sort of fare, simple meal. Simple. And that's because of what traditionally goes in a sausage. For a lot of people, a sausage is a bit of a hash. It's a way of using up the parts of the animal that won't sell as their own cut. So they're minced up and then put into a sausage skin. When it comes to meat, the sausage is an underdog. An under-hot dog. Right, forget the dog. The sausage is humble because it's made from scraps. People didn't trust what went inside the sausage. It might be, you know, 100% pork or 100% beef, but which bits? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> Rationing will give everyone an equal share of all that's going. In Australia, the sausage's perception took a major blow after World War II. The prime cuts of meat were rationed. You got little vouchers that you could take to the butcher. And that's because the prime cuts were being exported. Australia was sort of part of the imperial food bowl. All those leftover cuts were ground into sausages and sausages weren't rationed, so you could eat as many as you wanted. So that's where you get that food snobbery effect after the war. It's like, oh, well, we don't want to eat that sort of food. That was associated with the war and with denial, with poverty, that sort of thing. Because those wartime butchers, yeah, but they didn't hold back. Big waste not, want not kind of thing. I mean, this is pre the pet food industry when all your spare bits 
go into pet food that really hadn't emerged as a commercial product so yes it, you know <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of those spare bits is what i call them um <laughs> i just had this, went like, into the sausage. this image of the, the hierarchy of food and like there's a line between pet food and human food and sausages is, is just Somewhere one rung on this side and animal food slightly to the left <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Jackie reckons it wasn't until the 60s, 70s before we got over it and began to celebrate the sausage. In terms of the sausage sizzle event, the earliest reference I could find is 1946. And it, often it is associated with a charity event. So sausages are something that you can cook up dozens of them at a time. It's not like a steak where it has to be cooked medium rare or to someone's particular liking. You just keep on turning them and you can't really ruin them. Jackie says the sizzle is egalitarian. That's going to be important later. But again, it's that popularist thing. Lots of people, they're really not there for the food. You're actually there for another celebration, but that is the, that's the catering. Ah, okay. So the, the sizzle might imply more than the sausage. It implies community. Yeah, I, do, I definitely. You want to put, maybe put a number on it? That, look, is it a million? Who knows? Rob Allermans has no idea how many sizzles Lions Australia have put on. But then again, he's not the historian. He's the executive officer. Do you think it would be fair to hypothesise that community groups like Lions sort of helped establish the sausage sizzle in Australia becoming a thing? Oh, look, there's, there's no doubt about it. Lions is all about community, like helping out when disaster strikes. The pamphlet says they make things happen. Part of that is raising cash, and a big part of that is cooking sausage sizzles. It's always been important. It's becoming more important because it's a, a really simple and easy to arrange fundraiser. Anyone can do it. Rob thinks the sausage sizzle was initially all about community bonding. The fundraising was just a bonus. We know that there are certain things that are important to building solid relationships and solid community and, and that's about events. The glue that makes all of that work is a bit of food and something nice to drink and some uh, pleasant conversations. So I think people hovering around the barbecue, it's part of building solid relationships. But for Lions, sometimes the association with sausages feels like a double-edged tongue. Everyone knows us for the sausage sizzle, but they may not know all of the things that sausage sizzle does. So this was Lion's most recent marketing campaign. We reckon one of the most powerful things in the world is this sausage. Because a sausage can do just about anything. It helps people to walk, see and hear, supports families after fire, drought and flood, and even helps plant trees in our community. They're spinning their brain connection with the sizzle to their advantage. We worked together with a local production company here in Newcastle and they said, well, why don't we start with what people know and extend the story? More than sausages. Pretty clever, I reckon. Yep. These humble sausages are more powerful than you can believe. They're working wonders in our community. And at Lions, so can you. Lions Australia, we serve more than sausages. 
Yeah, we usually do quite well. So we buy 800 sausages. The competition to get out there and to cook a snag for people um, is quite significant these days. To the point where there is a waiting list for sausage chisels every year. In September they go through a, an application process. The local groups get allocated dates for the future year, for the next year coming. That's a different story to the way it was even five or ten years ago. I read recently in a book criticising Australian cuisine, in fact they're saying that there is no Australian cuisine or even food culture, that um, it's quite derivative. Anything that was once wonderful, it's just been reduced down to its just sort of basic form, that it's lost all style and class and glamour and <laughs> anything, which I think is really unfair because really what Australians are doing is being practical. You use a square bread for a long sausage. Queue up, get it, eat it, enjoy it and get on with the day. Somehow it's very practical and reasonable to use the sandwich bread because everybody has sandwich bread at home. My name is Ivan Aristeguieta. I am a comedian and uh, in Australia, no food can taste so bad that cannot be fixed with tomato sauce. Tonight, a nation on edge after tensions in Venezuelan border towns erupted into violence. Ivan fled Venezuela in 2012. We wanted to go far away from the situation of Venezuela and this was the furthest place. <laughs> His Australian rite of passage came not long after he landed. His brother, who had already immigrated, had it all planned out. This was his thing, we gotta go to Bunnings and we're gonna go barefoot. And then on the way out, we're gonna eat a sausage sizzle. His observations about sausage sizzles grew from there and he built a comedy show around it. This is a thing every Latino, every South American talks about here in Australia. Like, oh my God, these guys, they invited me to a barbecue and they only serve sausages on bread. What the hell is that? It's interesting that it was the sausage sizzle that struck a chord with Ivan. He recognised it instantly as a unique Australian tradition. What about the Chico roll? No, I can't eat that. That's, that's, it's not my thing. That's too much, man. Much like the sausage, not many people are sure what's in a Chico roll. With a Chico in our summer. Chico rolls are quintessentially Australian, yes, but they don't hold a place in our arteries the same way as a sizzle. Just roll home with the Chico. Hmm. In the sizzle corner, Bunnings, which let's face it has become synonymous with brand sizzle, they don't write songs about it, fans yeah. do it for them. This album is dedicated to Bunnings, and to all the people out there that can't wait to go and get a Bunnings such a singer, Good. and to all the other hardware stores that continue to struggle. This is Bunnings Rap oh, Juicy yeah. Snag Sanger by Hugh Spring. He's the two-pack of hardware store rappers. It was all in a dream, I used to read Bunnings magazines. Salt and pepper and barbecue sauce on my sangers, please. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, looking for hooks. Yeah, buddy's got them all. I leave my tape locked. It's just too addictive. Like, you, you, when you work here, you just smell it. Like, just travels up the escalators and just love it. Is this your first time at a Bunnings? Uh, a lot of time. Yeah, You're a veteran. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he pulls me in. Most definitely. You can't walk past it? <laughs> Not at all. Did you have to go upstairs to get some cash out? Uh, actually, I did. When was the last time you had a sausage sizzle? It probably was when I was at uni. I used to go to Macquarie Uni and there was a wang club. And I joined the wang club simply because it was a club about having sausage sizzles. Can you tell me about that first time that you approached a sausage sizzle and, and what you smelt? 
<laughs> the first time, yeah, the smell, the smell, it's that saturated fat, it's burnt. Like, I, it reminded me the the riots back home in Venezuela, you know, when they're burning tires and, and, and... I was like, oh my God, there's someone burning inside a car, just let's save them. It's a fat hairy man and his dog, they're dying. <laughs> but he was soon enchanted. It's a perfect snack, it's, it's very quick, it's very cheap, you pay with coins. Everybody hates coins, like when I pay with coins, I feel I'm just giving away coins. And he started to understand how the elements of the sausage sandwich work together, like the onions. You burn them on purpose. That's the thing that makes the smell better. Like, you just burn them, mate, just for the smell. It's for the customers. If you burn them, they will come. And it's true. It's a delicate balance. The temperatures, all the textures, it's great. And the, the bread is just a serviette you can eat. There's something like very rock and roll about the sausage sizzle in that the bread is just, it's very important, but it doesn't need to be anything fancy. It's like the drum beat. The sausage is like rhythm guitar. Most of the chords are often scraps from better songs. The onion is the bass. It adds an unmistakable texture, complements both rhythm and harmony, or in this case, bread and meat. The sauce is the lead guitar, obviously. It squirts itself wherever it wants, Flavour-wise, it often draws the most attention from the taste buds. Hey, wow. They all work together <laughs> in this really harmonious way. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I actually love that rock and roll analogy because, again, it's music that went to the people. It sort of started from the ground up and then took on its own form. And I guess that's what the sausage has done as well. The revolution might not be televised, but when it happens, I'm sure we'll be eating a sausage. Give up politically correctness, mate, about sausage sandwiches. It's only a bloody sausage sandwich, people. Can I talk to you about it? No. Oh. To mess with this sacred combination in any way could be seen as pretentious, scandalous, outrageous. It could go against what it means to be the humble sausage. At best, I once took my wife to Bunnings on uh, the 14th of Feb uh, for, God, what's the name of that day? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, <laughs> that's it. Gee whiz, Peter, how'd she take that? <laughs> Not very well. Peter McFadgen from Coffs Harbour was shook when he heard the news. Bunnings is being forced to change the classic sausage sizzle. The onions now had to go on the bottom. This will ruin Australia. Bunnings said it was in the interest of customer safety. Society led us to that point where we now need to change something that's been in our, our way of life for so long. I was also surprised by the outrage that it caused. You don't mess with perfection. Australians declare existential crisis over onion placement. This is beyond ridiculous. What next? Cheese under the burger patty? Pretty sure we're all going to die at some point. I'm going to Bunnings to buy a pitchfork. Came home and thought that it was just so amusing that I should really put it to poetry. How long did it take you to write in, in total, do you think? Uh, probably about 15 minutes. Stream of conscious, would you say? Yeah, man. By the end of the week, the poem had been shared over 20,000 times. Whenever you're ready. Cheers. Ode to a Bunnings Onion. I am a Bunnings Onion. My, My life was once quite, quite grand. grand. I'd get to look at everything as you held me in your hand. Looking out the driver's window or at the people you would greet, all these scenes unfolded up upon my sausage seat. Sometimes I'd be blinded, 
smothered by that sauce so red, or a squeeze of yellow mustard soaked up by the fresh white bread. Now my life's just not as good as it used to be, for my view is now constricted by the snag on top of me. And why, you ask, have things so changed? Why did my status drop? It's all because some gimpy bloke trod on me and went flop. So I'll fade into obscurity underneath some dodgy meat now that Bunnings changed the way we eat our weekend treat. So please, do not forget me now that I'm down out of the way. And now and then lift up that snag and smile and say, good day. Jackie from Sydney Living Museums says there's not heaps of documentation about sausages from early Australia. It's interesting that they've become popular again now because they are on restaurant menus because we've we've sort of gone the full circle from the fine dining and the elite French foods and fancy foods and things like that to wanting comfort food. Comfort food, it's actually quite a nostalgic dish and those dishes seem to be back in vogue. When I originally was thinking about who eats sausages, I was like, okay, so there's children, there's Bunnings, and then there's drunk people. That's really your holy trinity of frequent sausage eaters in Australia. It's a lot to change. Chrissy Flanagan was the last person you'd expect to become a sausage maker. For starters, she was a vegetarian for nine years. In her 30s, Chrissy wanted a change. She left her public service job, went on long bush walks, and it hit her. She'd become the sausage queen of Sydney. I am all things sausage all the time. Clearly, I'm the sausage queen. If I didn't do it, it was going to haunt me. If you thought onions in a different location was bad, hang on to your serviette. Chrissy's sausages are gourmet. Gourmet sausages. Is that an oxymoron? For some people, fussing with the sausage, it, it's, it's heretic. But I think there's something very unlikely and disarming about a very, very upmarket sausage. The Sausage Queen has strong opinions. It's just that historically we've had a lot of cattle. That's it. That is the reason that Australians think that sausages should be beef sausages. The meat bag with the tomato sauce on the piece of trashy white bread. That is Australian, and only Australian, and no one's coming for it. But sausage making wasn't enough for Chrissy. Something was missing from her sausage kingdom, so she started this place. It's the Sausage Factory. Okay, yeah, we'll open a bar, we'll call it the Sausage Factory. Ha, <laughs> stupid. And then, yeah. And then you did it. And then we did it. It's really cosy, and I think it's disarming because it's such a strange concept and a strange place plus knitted sausages. Oh, Chrissy knit sausages as well. That you just can't take yourself seriously here. The tables are quite close together. This is the sort of place where you'd probably end up having a chat with the people sitting next to you. And uh, here is really interesting that the, how they use the sandwich bread. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? You know, this place in its neighbourhood, it's got a lot of community vibes. And it strikes me that maybe this is just a five-star sausage sizzle except all the fundraising goes to Chrissy, I guess. Anyway, when I mentioned it to Chrissy, she loved the idea. That's just charming. Okay. I'm like, I'm rewriting my website in my mind right now. <laughs> okay, great, great. 
part of what drove Chrissy to make sausages was terribly long hours as a political staffer. So it's ironic now, in the Venn diagram where sausages meet politics, Chrissy sits right in the middle. I, like, I cannot adequately describe how psyched I am. It's like a festival of sausage. Well, to borrow a phrase from Malcolm Turnbull, it's certainly an exciting time in Australian politics. It wasn't. This is the scale of the challenge we face. After the longest campaign in Australian history... They have lost their mandate. Many of us were over the 2016 federal election and went looking for something more. We're actually making democracy sausages, which are sausages that are served at the polling booths on election day. This is what they remember. They're not remembering People the detail that. of the tax cuts. The democracy sausage is familiar to everybody because voting is something that we make everybody do. It's good for the psyche of the country. An election day sausage sizzle is nearly as Australian as compulsory voting. And what's the most egalitarian meat? The meat of the people? Land! No! And there aren't all that many things left where we are all doing the same thing at the same time. I'm a traditionalist. I, I just like a, a well-cooked snag. It's an amazing diversion. Mm, tomato sauce, uh, some onion. It brought us together. It did. It was When the unifying. parties couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> White bread and I'm all set. When democracy failed, sausage triumphed. Oh, sounds so good to me. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it, that we turn to a stick of processed ground meat <laughs> where our living, breathing... <laughs> Politicians, like, really disappoint us. The ABC's chief political writer, Annabel Crabb, loves a vegetarian sausage. But I think that one of the antidotes for disappointment in the political system is that, you know, you look around at your local community and think, well, actually, you know, I live in a pretty good place and um, I quite like sausages, so there's that. Sausages have always been at elections. Hashtag democracy sausage gave the ritual a name. Would you be able to give me a sense of uh, how many numbers we're talking here on the actual day? I wouldn't be able to, I don't think. Um, I'd have to take that one on notice. Yeah. I believe we have the numbers somewhere. <laughs> this isn't Senate estimates, Annette. <laughs> okay, so Annette Tyler and Chief Sausage Analyst at democracysausage.org. I'm David Cooper, Chief Sausage Fellow. democracysausage.org maps which polling stations run sausage sizzles. Dave and Annette are self-described sausage nerds. The highest probability that you will actually get a sausage? A government primary school. There are six core volunteers in the team. There was one election... The night before the WA state election in 2013. Annette had the amazing idea to try and encourage everyone to use the hashtag... Democracy Sausage! If you're voting tomorrow and you find a sausage, can you please tell me your polling place and use the hashtag... Democracy Sausage! It was one of those things that just took off. The next morning, apparently, with with nothing better to do... Dave actually started putting them on a map. Drag and drop. Here's this map we've started working on, very ad hoc. Gradually become more and more organised as the time's gone on. But the map got picked up by news websites, embedded it on their webpage somewhere in a news article, and we thought, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. We could do this again. And that's what they did at pretty much every state and federal election since. At the end of 2016, the group got a massive surprise. Well, democracy sausage. Many voters became acquainted with that term this year. It's been named Australia's Word of the Year. It was chosen Word of the Year. That was a real shock. I didn't really know what to think of that. At the time, it was like, holy wow, how did this happen? 
It's no surprise that the people running democracysausage.org have a solid understanding of community. Would you ever monetize the website? No. Yeah, I don't think so. That, I mean, it would sort of defeat the spirit of it, I think. It's all about community groups making money for themselves and helping promote what the community groups are doing. Annabelle Crabb says Democracy Sausage is symbolic of something much bigger than you and me. Because it is a truly unifying experience and a symbol of ordinary personhood, that is why politicians get into trouble when they don't eat one when they're expected to. It's sort of funny, but it's also not funny. It's really a serious infraction of the social contract. A short and impartial history of Australian politicians stuffing up the sausage sizzle experience. Example one, Malcolm Turnbull rejection. Somebody handed him a sausage and a piece of bread. Wonderful joy. That's really... That's and he, in his adorable way, said... But I think I'm running around a bit much to be, to be eating that, but that's very good of you. <laughs> and you could just... You could hear jaws drop all over Australia. You've got to be of them, among them, with them. It's just a sausage on a piece of bread. You bloody well eat it. To reject that... The sizzle is to reject it's a the community. Slap in the face. Yeah. Example two: Bill Shorten eats it from the side. Well, it's not kitchen cabinet, but it is. <laughs> when Bill Shorten decided to go against everything that is right, rather than putting a long sausage-type thing straight into his gob, everything that is natural in this country, he went sideways. Well, that's just hilarious. If you look like this is not your normal beat, then it's as bad as not eating it. Thank you. Thank Taste you. of democracy. Very good. <laughs> he actually says the line. So what does democracy taste like? Pretty good. It tastes like a well-cooked sausage. Ooh. God, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's an unfortunate line, really, isn't it? What do you think democracy would taste like? Tastes like a raw onion, man. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a deer, Prime Basically, he was just doing a deconstructed sausage. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's so bad that we kind of put them through these stupid paces. But really, I don't think there's anything wrong with working out whether they effectively share your values. And, and like something as ridiculous as what they eat and how they eat it will feed into that. Do I feel like you're somebody that I could invite to my sausage sizzle? All right. Say so scouts rule. There we go, lovely. Did you know about the federal member coming? Oh, that's excellent. We did invite him, so I'm glad to see that he could come. That's what, what awesome. And the mayor's coming as well? Yes. yes. Why, why is... Why is At the Scout Sizzle, every tier of government is dropping by. His state member, David Elliott. I generally think that it's not only shows the respect that the community has for the Scouts, but it just it's, it, is, it really personifies this community. Of all the food culture in the world, Australia owns the sausage sizzle. Did you ever think you'd be part of a bunning sausage sizzle? No. It's like something you always see, but you never like imagine that you're going to be doing it. And here you are doing it? Yeah. It might not seem much, but I think in these politically cooked times, when our flag might feel charred and the words of our national anthem go cold, the sausage sizzle is something we can hold on to, albeit with one hand, as something we're proud of. It's like Australian pride, because we're like basically known for our sausage sizzles and then to be part of making one, it's like prestigious. I think Australia, it's also about having fun and keeping your inner child alive and you reflect that in your food. You're happy people, very happy, you just want to have fun. And I know this because this is the only country in the world where a bowl of chips is considered as a complete meal. 
this is the land of no worries. Like compared to my country and, and um, a lot of third world countries, you don't have much things to worry about. This song is an ode to the undying love between the sausage and the white bread. So these are the foods that we like to eat when we're in a good mood, when we are in a celebration mood. They will come for us at lunchtime. They will sense my thawing meat. They will bite us in for places as sauce soaks into your wheat. I will lay you on a napkin. The onions make me laugh and make me cry. The unauthorised history of the sausage sizzle was produced by Mike Williams. The sound engineer was John Jacobs. You've been listening to RN's The History Listen. I'm Rebecca Huntley. Thanks for your company. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.